Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, back at it again, folks. It's another edition of the NFL Draft Bible Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Saratella from the NFLDraftBible.com here on this Friday, April the 10th, 2015. Woohoo! Just 19 days away, everybody, from the 2015 NFL Draft. And we're going to welcome in Big Joe Everett to help us break down the 2015 NFL uh, Big Board today. How are we doing over there in Indianapolis today, Joseph? My my eyes are rolling back. I'm looking at all the names on the Big Board, Rick. Uh, that's how I know we're so close to the draft. All the information, it's uh, it's right there. It's out there for everybody. Yeah, this is going to be a fun show for me. Because uh, if you're just tuning in now wondering what's going on, what's the big board debate, well, here at the NFL Draft Bible, we have the most comprehensive, in-depth big board you could possibly imagine. It involves combine numbers, pro day numbers, rankings, probably a good 2,500 players ranked. So listen, if you want a free copy, very easy, email me, RIC, at NFL Draft Bible. I'll send you over a free copy if you want to take a look at it. But it's fun for me today because I get to listen to our draft guru, Joe Everett, critique and just completely bash the big board that I've worked so hard all year long to put <laughs> together because you can never unturn another another enough rocks or stones. And let's get right into it, Joseph, because uh, we have a lot, of, uh, a lot of topics to cover. Today we'll break down the offense, and then hopefully we'll set up a future show and break down the defense for everybody. And, uh, you know, we'll work backwards here today, Joe, because I know everybody always talks about the quarterback. So if you're looking for some quarterback chatter here, you know, you're going to have to wait till the end of the show. We'll save the good stuff for last. And we're trying to uh, touch base on some of the players that, you know, the, the mainstream media is not touching upon. So if you're looking for Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota talk here, you're not going to get it, ladies and gentlemen. You might as well change the station right now. So as we begin, Joe... That means we're going to start off at the offensive line position, uh, tackles, guards, centers, wherever you want to go. Uh, I'm going to pick your brain and just tell me a couple guys that you think are overrated. Then we'll talk about some guys that you think are underrated. But first, for the overrated at the offensive line position. I definitely want to kick it off with a guy we've talked about before. And I'm I'm being picky here on him being overrated, but I just hear – Ali Marpet's name from Hobart, this Division Three wonderkind, uh, and now uh, I'm hearing a strong day two talk, which that's all well and good, but I I think there's some cautionary tales we may need to get to before you know bringing this guy up to the conversation of round two or something as lofty as that. I mean, is this the next Ben Ayalana? Uh, the the kid from Villanova who barely played in the league due to injury, or the next Will Rackley from Lehigh. I mean, for every Brandon Fusco uh, that that has had a success story, you know, there's 
there's your David Arkin. So I'm just not so sure that huge jump he's going to have to make. Now, he did give us some evidence in the senior bowl that he's a strong player and can uh, contend with the uh, the Division ones and the SECs. But on, on the board, Rick, I'm seeing guys behind him that I would feel better with an investment like TJ Clemmings or I know Cedric Abouye is is hurt right now, but he could be that blindside left. Uh, tackle protector for years to come, or even a, a two-time captain at Oklahoma, Daryl Williams. I just feel I feel like he's he's banked there. So there's some guys behind Marpet that I'd say, I don't know, I feel a little more solid investing in them. Whereas this this Hobart D3 guy, I'm, 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 I've got some concerns. Like we talked about, how many calorie he has to intake just to keep his weight up right now for the pre-draft process. Not much less the rest of his career. A lot of good points out of you, Joe, and uh, you know what? You're making me a believer. So the upstart from Hobart, Ali Marpet, uh, maybe we have him a little bit too generously high on the big board, buying into that draft season hype. And, uh, you know, when you when you run through the draft season and you just crush it, we call it the draft season triple play, and you know you, you 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 know you make noise at the combine, and you you know you you have a strong week of practice at the Senior Bowl, then you come out and crush your pro day. So I think maybe you're right, Joe. Maybe we bought too much into the hype uh, on Ali Marpet. So that's something we're gonna have to go back and reevaluate, and that's why we do this exercise. So I'm looking forward to breaking down uh, some more guys before we get to the underrated. Any other offensive linemen for us that are overrated? I, I really like some of these uh, rankings more. I, I mean, DJ Humphreys is a guy I'm feeling as the number two player on the board might be a tad lofty. Uh, is he going to have to move inside? Is that worth the investment? Whereas uh, Jake Fisher, that I, I, I have no complaints there at number three with his athleticism, but Humphreys ahead of a guy like Pete and then a guy like Lyle Collins, who I just I see as such a phenomenal athlete. I'm, that's the question I'd have. I think Humphreys might be just a tad pushed up too high. Even I, I see Flowers, Collins, Pete getting taken ahead. But once again, though, if Humphreys has the better career, the number two ranking could be dead on. Yeah, I mean, I think the beauties in the eye of the beholder, there's no real true dominant uh, – tackles like we've seen in years past and you know Sheriff Humphreys, Fisher, Pete and Collins are the current top five and you know you can argue that there's some guys below them with, with Eric Flowers, TJ Clemmings who you mentioned Joe uh, and some of these other guys who could jump up into the mix and you know just for some perspective here you know at the guard position Lakin Tomlinson comes in at one, AJ Can followed by the Florida State kids but you know there's a lot of talk about uh, Cameron Irving really is, is the premier center in this draft. Uh, he's the only one that has a legitimate shot to, to go in the first round, so we see him as the, the top center there. But there's a lot of debate whether or not um, a guy like Leo Collins from LSU or even Brandon Scherf, for that matter, Joe, are, are truly tackles at the next position or next level, or are they really guards? And um, I think I guess we'll just have to wait and find out and see for that one. And then another guy. Um, you know, four-year starter at Syracuse, Sean Hickey. Uh, I think he allowed like one sack last season at the tackle position. There's a lot of talk, you know, that uh, there's a consensus feeling actually that he's going to be bumped. K. 
kicked inside and, and play uh, guard at the next level as well. So I think a lot of these guys' positions are, are kind of up in, in the air at the next level. I think a lot will have to depend on, um, you know, depth chart and, and what kind of situations they get drafted into. But we got uh, the draft guru, Joe Everett on the line, Rick Saratella breaking it down. The big board debate 19 days away from the 2015 NFL draft and talking about overrated and underrated. Uh, just got done with the overrated at offensive line. Let's switch gears now over to the underrated. Uh, who are some guys here on the big board not getting enough love, in your opinion, Joe? All right, I'm, I'm climbing up on my desk right now. Ty Sambrello, Colorado State. Uh, I mean, mm. 18 is just a little low for me as a guy I see getting drafted in the second day. I mean, he might not end up playing tackle with the lid. This is another guy, Rick. I think uh, he's going to kick it inside to guard, but with that kind of athleticism and balance and footwork that he has as a former skier out in Colorado, I just see a guy who could be a swing tackle in a pinch, but probably year one's going to start out inside. Uh, he's got an aggressive attitude, brings a physical brand of ball to the table. So I'm, this is a guy I watched him in the senior bowl, uh, crack back blocked on Preston Smith, knocked him down to practice, also killed Marcus Golden on a pancake. So I, I see the aggression in Sambrio. I like it. And I just, I think that's a guy, he should be much higher on the list here as far as 18 is just a little low for my taste. That quality player and, you know, kind of a guy like you're talking about with Hickey. Um, I see him shifting inside because both of them, they got these, these short arms, but they've got pro games. So, so that's that's a guy, tackle or guard, e either way on the list. I want to see Ty Sambrillo's uh, name higher on board. Yeah, you know what, and, and again, a lot of valid points there, and that's why we do this, is to get another perspective, because you know what, I had so much expectations for my fellow Paisan, Joe, going into the Senior Bowl, and I, I just, I was so disappointed, I guess it just left a bad taste in my mouth, and, you know, there's, there's, there's a, you know, the, the second and third tier tackles are so evenly close in, in skill set that, you know, when you, you compare him to this guy, ah, let me go, you know, compare him to that guy. So, yeah, I could definitely uh, agree with you there. Uh, I could state, you know, you, you just did state the case for him uh, moving up. Uh, he could probably move up uh, in around the top ten, actually, is a possibility for him. Uh, I was surprised. I thought, I thought you were going with your boy Mitch Morris for a second over at Missouri. <laughs> I mean, usually that's my go-to, but, I mean, once again, that'd be kind of picky. I don't know that he's worthy of, like, top ten, but this guy can move another big athletic dancing bear that I like to well, – like we said, I don't care if he's playing on the outside or in. Uh, he can play on my team, but I think 14's you – know, you know, it's appropriate. He's behind the Daryl Williams, the Donovan Smiths, the Abouillets of the world there. That's, that's kind of where he'll fall in line, not a plus athlete, but – well, we talked about him before. That's a guy. Ten years in the league, you wouldn't be shocked. And, oh, Mitch Morse retires in 2020 or 2020, whatever it is. So uh, that's a guy. But I think the other, if I had to go with another over it, the Oklahoma kid uh, outside of Williams, Tyrus Thompson. I know maybe a bit mm -hmm. of a disappointment over his collegiate career, but that's a guy I see as being a better pro uh, than a, than a uh, sooner. So that's maybe 21 is also a little low for Tyrus Thomas, the guy who, you know, maybe not the best uh, result after high school, but coming in as a recruit, I think he was a, a four or five star. 
Yeah, and, you know, uh, we had him actually pretty evenly rated, uh, you know, coming into the draft season with with, with his teammate Daryl Williams there. So, uh, yeah, I don't think there's too much of a drop-off uh, between the two's skill set. So, uh, Daryl Williams, you know, most likely being the more talented guy, and, you know, Tyrus Thompson probably not too far uh, behind him. So, uh, again, another good point by – Joe Everett, you're listening to the NFL Draft Bible Big Board Debates with your host, Rick Sarah here. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at NFL Draft Bible, at Rick Saratella, and, of course, at Joe W. Everett. Breaking it down just 19 days away from the 2015 NFL Draft, folks, and we're breaking down the offense big board right now. We'll uh, come back to another show and break down the defense we're working in reverse order, so let's shift gears over now to uh, the tight end position, Joe. A lot of uh, fans, uh, so to say, are disappointed with the tight end class. Nobody really uh, flashy or classy here in this year's class, and I'm starting to believe more and more that we will not see a tight end selected in the first round here. But uh, who, who, you know, and, and let, why don't we give them the top five right now as it stands? Uh, Max Williams at one, Clive Walford at two, Tyler Croft at three, McCoy Pruitt at four, maybe a little bit of a surprise to some. And then number five, Ben Koyak. Uh, right after that, we got the Jesse James, the Nick O'Leary, the Jeff Human, Nick Boyle and Blake Bell cracking the top 10. So uh, let's have it, Joe. Who who did I overrate here uh, on this list? Well, I'm going to start with the belldozer. Um, you know, this is basic. Now, this is what we do in rankings. We project where are these guys going to be in years from now. And, and But who knows with Blake Bell? The athletic ability is there. He's got running power, as we've seen, uh, you know, with that mobile quarterback experience he has. But I think top 10 tight ends is, is lofty since he's a gimmick right now that only has 16 catches on his resume. I, basically a limited route runner, uh, little to no drive blocking experience. He's drastically behind the learning curve, I think, from other tight ends coming to whatever camp he gets in. He's going to be behind the learning curve on all these little coaching points and all these drills they do. So, I've admittedly, you know, lackluster group of tight ends, I would agree. And this guy, I, I'm just not sure he gets a place amongst the top ten. ahead of guys that might be more ready. Well, definitely more ready. I think I'd feel better about Wes Saxton coming in and catching passes. A Rory Anderson from mm-hmm. South Carolina coming in. Or even, uh, well, I'll get to the, I've got an underrated player coming up. But I, I don't know about the belldozer just yet. I'm tempering my expectations. All right. And, you know, like you started off saying, I mean, a lot of it is a projection and especially with this crop of of tight end prospects, I think, you know, we try to find certain ways to fall in love with the guy or try to, you know, see something in their game that, you know, might project, like you said, to the next level where, you know, maybe uh, three to five years from now, he is one of the top 10 tight end from this draft class but no I agree as his current skill set sits right now no he's he's probably not a top tight end prospect as he stands right now but you know here's a guy that probably uh extended his playing career because if he stuck at quarterback at Oklahoma he, he probably wouldn't be getting any looks uh whatsoever uh at the next level so by him switching and embracing that uh tight end role uh, full time uh, this past season, I think, you know, was probably the best move for him 
in the long run, and you talk about that 4-8-0, 40-yard dash, uh, the athleticism is definitely going to be appealing uh, to NFL teams, one of the fastest times there, one of the fastest 10-yard splits. So when you talk about a guy, you know, looking looking for an athletic guy to run the seam route, uh, Blake Bell, the belldozer, uh, maybe a guy, and, and, and you know what, maybe here's a guy that, in the later rounds, a team might want to roll the dice on uh, when we use the, 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 those two dangerous P words that Joe just mentioned, potential and projection. Uh, probably uh, a general manager's uh, worst nightmare uh, when, when uh, making a draft selection and relying upon those two qualities. Now, uh, talking about underrated tight end, Joe, who do you got for us? Well, I'm going to go with Gerald Christian from Louisville. Uh, it's a tie between he and uh, Rory Busta Anderson from South Carolina, who I'd like to see a couple spots. But I think Christian, especially the versatility he has, uh, he also H. I think probably most teams are looking at H back. He comes from the Florida Gators system, where they probably cut from that same cloth or likely molded in the same uh, place. But basically, a hands catcher shows off the ability to win a jump ball. It's, uh, very cognizant of boundaries, good footwork, and uh, maybe limited right now as a blocker. And you know, a lot of these guys limited as a blocker. They have yet to grow into manhood. But uh, bottom line, uh, if it's a contested catch, I think this guy wins more often than not. Um, I'd like to see Joe Christensen. Uh, AKA the Florida Gator, but you know, he's really had some multiple experiences in offense. That's the guy I think will uh, just hit the ground running, so to speak, as far as when he gets to whatever camp he gets, maybe not drafted too high, but that's a guy Christian's going to stick in the league. Yeah. No. And again, uh, right on the money there. I think uh, maybe what happened there with him is, uh, I think he was a little bit limited at the combine, maybe a hamstring. I can't recall what the issue was, uh, but I know he couldn't completely work out of the, and do the entire uh, NFL scouting combine workout. And then, you know, the, the, the Shrine game now, it feels like was an eternity ago now that they've pushed the, the draft date back. This whole draft season process has been extended. It's almost a five-month process. And, you know, that, that Shrine game there in uh, early – Early, actually, what is it, in, in January, I believe, the Shrine game seems uh, so so far long ago, maybe uh, kind of flying under the radar, uh, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. So definitely uh, one player here that I need to circle back to and, and maybe give a little bit more love. Um, Joe Everett, Rick Saratella here, breaking it down. We uh, already have offensive line and tight ends down, and now we're going to dive into uh, some of the real – skill positions and those of you who play fantasy football out there of course always play uh pay close attention to this segment of the show and uh we actually broke down our previous episode if you want to check back the archives our uh last edition of the uh, nfl draft bible radio we had the uh fantasy football uh impact and analysis show so if you're in a rookie league a dynasty keeper league definitely want to check that out because there's tons of sleepers and steals and you know right now we're just talking about uh overrated and underrated when it comes to the 2015 nfl draft bible big board so again if you're looking for a free complimentary copy email me ric at nfl draft bible uh the big board is updated constantly leading right up to the 2015 nfl draft and time to uh break down the wide receivers now and oh i'm not even gonna lie to you joe i mean 
there's so many guys on this list that I want to bump up uh, myself personally and trying to find a home uh, inside that top really 15 guys. I mean, I, I really feel good about this year's draft class. And uh, when it's all said and done, I know the top is not as elite as uh, last year's draft class, a topic that we discussed on the last podcast. But uh, when you talk about the depth of this year's draft class, I mean, when we look back at it, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a good 10 or 15 guys uh, come out of this draft class as solid contributors at the wideout position. Oh, excellent from this group. It, like you said, maybe not the extreme highs at the top of the list. There's no Calvin Johnson or A.J. Green, but there's all types. Every weapon you need is at your disposal. you got 31 flavors for 32 NFL teams here. Uh, slot guys mm-hmm. like Lockett and the, the, the Duke kid Crowder. You could stick digs, could play a number of roles. Then you got your Algalores, Paramins, and then your big wideouts. It's, uh, there is, it's just a, a, a really quality group again. Um, I don't know. It's almost like we pressed repeat from last year, but uh, hey, we'll take it. It's nice to be fortunate, especially you dynasty owners that play fantasy football. Always great to have a strong wideout class. Yeah, and you said it. I mean, uh, what's your flavor of the week? You want them tall? You want them fast? You want them quick? I mean, this draft class has it all. So uh, let's hear it, Joe. Who did I overrate uh, amongst the 2015 NFL draft class from the wide receiver position? Well, I'm going to give a cautionary tale first. I looked at the rankings, and the one that jumped out was Rashad Green, Florida State at seven. I'm like, boy, that's 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 pretty rich. And I start investigating, do a little more research, and I find out there's nothing really wrong with that ranking. This kid just started basically from day one. He's a kick returning ace and another guy of uh, – you know, he'll find space as a slot man. He can get deep. And, yeah, I, I started to argue with it, and then I almost just eliminated my argument. So I'm going to jump to the Georgia Tech receiver, uh, Darren Waller. I know he tested phenomenal. He's got these dimensions. He looks like Calvin Johnson's stunt double, but when they start shooting the movie, he can't act is my problem. <laughs> I would like to switch the Georgia Tech receiver uh, smelter with the Georgia Tech receiver Waller in the rankings almost. I think uh, Smelter's the legit deal. Unfortunately, he's got that late-season torn ACL. Probably won't be able to work out, probably won't be able to draft it high, but I see that guy's the long-term Georgia Tech wideout this year. Waller's just issues locating the ball. When it comes his way, it seems always, too, he has a contested opportunity. So he's going to have to win in jump ball situations, which he can do, but the lack of locating that ball quickly almost negates his height advantage is what I see, and ball skills are suspect with Waller. He's... He's everything you'd want as an athlete and and a runner. It's just he's he's it's going to take a while to get all those pieces together for him. Not saying he can't do it, but uh, that is probably the most lofty ranking I see in the in the wideouts that, that that jumps out at me. And it's hard to argue with you once again, Joe. I mean, here, you know, you see bits and pieces. You see the flashes. You see, here's that P word again. You see the potential and what he can be at the next level. And I think, you know, again, when you do these ranking rankings, it's it's hard, especially with a draft class like this, to to gauge. You know, you're trying to project where a guy who's kind of raw might project where he might be when he's polished. 
compared to, you know, guys that are polished and we kind of know what they are. A guy like uh, Rashard Green, who you mentioned, the four-year starter, uh, body of work at Florida State. We kind of know what he's going to be. Darren Waller, like you said, Joe, I mean, talk about a roll of the dice. It, it, it's the ultimate risk-reward type of pick. And, you know, he'll probably go in the mid to late rounds if he does get drafted. And it'll, it'll be that pro- prototypical boom or bust uh, type of selection. And, you know, the the uh, other kid, Smelter, I mean, yeah, he's probably a little bit uh, more talented and, and the injury maybe devalued him there. So uh, definitely – Hard to argue with my man, Joe Everett. So uh, let's talk about now who we are underrating at that wideout position. And, again, I know the fantasy football listeners will have their ears peeled, Joe. Well, I mean, it's it's hard to argue with some of this. Cause, like, I love the fact that we're both high on Trey McBride, William & Mary. He can't be ranked uh, high enough for me. I, that kid can just ball. I don't care where he's from, if he came from Mars, uh, if he could play on any team I've got. But the name that's screaming to me, and, you know, Rick, I think a lot of people are guilty of devaluing a guy like Ty Montgomery because of a down year in 2014. I mean, he had a shoulder injury, mm. but let's rewind back to 2013. This guy, he's an all-American kick returner, unanimous selection, all-pack 12, uh, dynamo receiver on the outside he's just a difference maker on the field and what I like about this kid is he's gonna be healthy entering into next season and also contributes on special teams but comes from a west coast system he's gonna be pro ready Pep Hamilton's molded this kid almost in his image Um, I just think uh, as far as a competitive developmental player that he's ranked next to, he will outplay guys like uh, Vince Melee, Josh Harper, and, and you know even the J.J. Nelson kid. It's like, well, who really is this speed demon from UAB could be good. I know Ty Montgomery's pretty good. We've got an awful lot of footage of him being real good. So I, I think that where I look at Montgomery at 30th ranked is too low for him. For a guy that I believe day one, not only will he be the kick returner for a team, but he'll, he'll develop into a complimentary receiver. I could see by the end of year one. Um, I think similar to a curve of like a Robert Woods from USC to where he could just get into a camp and all of a sudden, hey, th- did he lead the team in receiving? Yeah, Ty Montgomery led that team in receiving. So I'm, I think that's a guy I'm, – I'm obviously a big supporter, but I think we're not the only ones, Rick. A lot of people, it just seems like this offseason has been very poor for Ty Montgomery. Yeah, and, you know, as you were stating your case and, and pounding your fist or pounding the table for Ty, uh, you know, I'm going back thinking, rewinding through the archives in my head and back to the beginning of the season when the Blesto and the national reports came out. And, you know, here's a kid that was pretty much a first-round grade. And, uh, you know, you talk about it, you kind of down year, uh, draft stock has slipped, and, you know, even if I do bump him back up, it looks like at the end of the day, uh, maybe round three or four is maybe the peak where he goes. But here's a kid, Joe. I mean, you talk about a, a mid-round value, a guy with a first-round grade at the beginning of the season that, you know, now with all the uh, Kevin Whites coming out of nowhere and uh, all these underclassmen declaring, a guy like Ty Montgomery where, you know, at the beginning of the season, a lot of people probably had him in the top five overall wide receiver prospects and uh yeah number 30 that's definitely a poor job on my behalf we're gonna have to bump him up 
for sure. Um, let's take the next two positions. Uh, let's group them together. Running back, fullback. If you have more than one guy, that's fine. Uh, but I know we're we're winding down here on the NFL Draft Bible Radio, and we still got to get to the lovely quarterback position. So uh, let's take a look at the backfield. Uh, at fullbacks, we got Michael Burton, Justin Fowler, Mark Weissman, EJ Bibbs, Aaron Rapowski as the top five. And at running back, uh, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, TJ Eldon, Jay Ajay, and Duke Johnson. And then uh, Tevin Coleman, Amir Abdullah, David Cobb, Cameron Artis Payne, Jeremy Langford, uh, rounding out the top 10 at running back just to give our listeners some perspective. Uh, so let's have it, Joe. Who here is on the overrated list? Really, this is my most position because I agree mostly. I think Ewer and I's uh, running back ranks this year almost dead on the same top seven, uh, very similar order. Um, I've only got a few underrated guys, but if I could be picky, TJ Yeldon. Uh, now, let's see, I'm hearing buzz, though, that now uh, some people talking maybe the second back off the board. Who knows if that's true or not. I'm looking at projections, and I'm not seeing the, the comparisons that others are seeing. I hear these Le'Veon Bell whispers. I don't see him as that explosive. Yes, he's a good pass blocker. He can catch, but I don't even believe he was the best running back on the Crimson Tide team, not even the second best back. I'd take a healthy Kenyon Drake over him at this point. But um, this is just being picky because Yeldon, you know, obviously he's going to get a shot. He is a pro back. I might take a Jay Ajayi over him. Um, I'm also a Tevin Coleman fan ahead of him. And I see Amir Abdullah, the versatility. Uh, that guy's enticing to me. But this is just seriously nitpicking. I mean, I might have Yeldon a little lower. But outside of that, I think – Honestly, your running back ratings are dead on. I love David Johnson approaching that top ten, that Northern Iowa kid. I just can't get enough of watching him. And Langford's in the top. We're both Cameron Artist Payne supporters because I just love that running back coach at Auburn. So I really like these running back lists, especially towards the top. Yeah, and, you know, I think uh, Yeldon is that prototypical SEC kind of bruising back reputation, can catch the ball a little bit. And quite honestly, after Gordon and Gurley, I mean, depending on the type of offense you run, those running backs between three and seven, I mean, you could flip a coin and, you know, call them out however you want, ever which way. Um, The one guy I do want to bring up is uh, Malcolm Agnew, Joe, from Southern Illinois, the, the Oregon State transfer. I know we talked about him in the past but he completely blew up his pro day and I just feel like you know there's always a running back that goes undrafted and you know everybody uh is quick to jump on him in fantasy football and I have a feeling that Malcolm Agnew might be this year's version where uh he might he might be this year's um the kid from the Cleveland Browns that went undrafted Isaiah uh, Crowell exactly Isaiah I mean here's a guy he might yeah, he might he might go late round undrafted and all of a sudden gets in camp and turns out to be the team's mm-hmm. best running back. Tell me if I'm wrong here. No, no, I see the talent and you know, we talked about those all star games being forever ago. 
I recently rewatched the NFL PA game, and that's the best back out there, just outside of the backfield receiving the ball. He gets to the second level so quick, and NFL bloodlines, this Agnew is a definite player. And, you know, speaking of Isaiah Crowell, one of the players that was recruited that same year came out of high school, Michael Dyer, if I could get into the underrateds real quick, that's that's one mm-hmm. that, just, that just leaped out. As, as soon as uh, Crowell's name came up to conversation, you know, Back when he was at Auburn in that national championship game, you thought, boy, this, let's earmark this Michael Dyer. And then four colleges later, uh, here we are. But I think that's a guy that a similar career path that you just brought up. He could do what Crowell did just because base talent level is there for Dyer. It's just all about him getting himself in the right mindset and ready to work because you know he can get it done. There's no question about Dyer's ability. Agreed, for sure. You're listening to Joe Everett, Rick Saratella, NFL Draft Bible Radio, breaking down the 2015 big board, just 19 days away here, people, to the 2015 NFL Draft. And uh, we're going to be moving on to quarterbacks here in just a second. Any other players you want to touch base on, Joe, at the running back or fullback position before we shift gears? I mean, Similar to Dyer, just for conversation topic, off-field has crushed Carlos Williams' chances of getting drafted, but that's another guy. Do not forget about him, and I think this is the reason for the ranking, Rick. It's just, you know, how can you put him up when who knows where he's going to get a shot, what kind of shot he's going to get. But uh, the other guy, too, in my backyard, Akeem Hunt, my poor man's Reggie Bush for the Purdue Boilermakers. I think that guy, you know, right. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset if you bumped him up a little bit. You know, the satellite back, he's going to contribute for sure, and that's a guy I don't, I don't care, drafted or no. Uh, he's a contributor, and another guy to give him on special teams. He's going to find multiple ways to get on the field. Yeah, definitely a guy. I, I think he was granted an extra year of eligibility and uh, kind of, again, one of these guys with, with all these other backs kind of got lost in the mix there in, during the draft season because he, he didn't get that combine invite. Uh, he was at the Medal of Honor Bowl, not one of the, the more prominent uh, uh, mainstream games. So uh, kind of under the radar and then came out and crushed the, the pro day and everybody was like, oh, yeah, Akeem Hunt, that's right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we have him at 27th right now. But, yeah, he's probably uh, still not done rising up the draft boards. And I I think he's a guy that's going to find himself drafted probably, again, later round, sixth or seventh round. And a guy, um, as you mentioned, could do do a couple different things, whether it be uh, running, catching, special teams, uh, all that good stuff. So, Akeem Hunt, Purdue. University there, a little hometown love for our guy Joe Everett up in Indianapolis. Of course, Rick Saratella here in New Jersey. And for those of you that have been with us for the duration of the past 35 minutes now, uh, we get to spend some time on the quarterback position. And uh, this year's draft class is, uh, boy, what's the... What's the nice word for it, Joe? But uh, it's Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota and uh, really just a, just a bunch of other guys here. So uh, let's see uh, where Joe Everett's going to go for his most overrated quarterback here on the NFL Draft Bible Big Board. This is almost impossible. Like you said, it's just uh, the, the rabble <laughs> outside of it. Um, right. I really – 
I, I can't do it almost. I mean, uh, I think most of these are appropriate. We're both thinking in concert on Garrett Grayson as the third QB. I see him as a capable passer that can also be mobile, and I see Hundley as more of a project than him. If if I could be nitpicky, yeah, I guess it'd be it'd be Hundley ahead of guys like Sean Mannion, who I see is a little bit more pro ready, and then. Um, Connor Halliday, uh, I, I think that guy's got a ton of talent. It's just where he's at with the injury. So, yeah, I'm just a little leery on a guy like Hundley. Obviously, he's going to be drafted high. There's no question about that. But if it's my team, I don't know how comfortable I feel about Hundley. I just see a few years of work before he's ready. So that'd be the uh, overrated. But I've got a few underrated guys that I definitely – I mean, Ryan Williams, Miami-Memphis, that that guy, mm-hmm. I've I just – the more and more I see of him, I just can't get enough. Uh, he looks like a poor man's Ryan Tannehill. So that's the one. I don't know, number 12. Oh, I like that comparison. Yeah. yeah I'd comparison. like to see him. I, again, I think that's a guy. I think I think that's the problem. You, you hit the nail on the head, Joe. I think the problem is with him, we haven't seen enough of Ryan Williams. And I, I think if we did, I think a lot more people might be talking about him. And he's another guy just like Akeem Hunt. We saw him in the Medal of Honor Bowl. He starts ripping it up. They score a bunch of points. It's like, oh, yeah, where did he go? What happened? Well, basically mm-hmm. didn't even have a senior year. So that's that's one guy I think underrated. And then also uh, Taylor Heineke, Old Dominion. I love his mobility, love his accuracy, huge intelligence. Now, he's limited height, sure, but he he's, he's built for a West Coast timing-based offense, the former Harlem Hill Trophy Award winner. He's a coach-on-the-field type. He's going to be a quick study, find his way into a coach's good graces this offseason. I just uh, – t- Taylor Heineke is going to make it. Something telling me about that kid. So, I mean, just uh, looking – what is it, 25th? on the big board. I think to bump him up a little bit, not it not be too dangerous. Maybe not above the uh Cardins and Williams of the world, but you know, he he deserves to scrape above twenties maybe. For sure. And if he makes it, you know, uh maybe we can get him a little Heineke sponsorship uh waiting for him. Um you know, <laughs> one guy <laughs> one guy that I wanted to uh just throw out there um, that I, I actually learned about him yesterday, and I, I'm uh, just scratching the surface on him. I'm going to dig into him a little bit more, but uh, maybe a name that, that people haven't heard too much of is uh, Frank Rivers uh, here at Albany State, the Grambling transfer. And uh, from what I've been told is he's been uh, getting some NFL attention, big-bodied, six foot six, 230-pound, uh, cannon arm, one of these guys that can make all the throws. So uh, we have him here entering the top 30. Uh, he's actually right behind your boy, Taylor, at uh, 26. But uh, another guy, uh, for those of you who are looking to, to find the next Tony Romo or, you know, quarterback that comes out of nowhere. And, you know, uh, one last kid I'm hearing good things about, and he's he's gotten the, the, the poor man's Joe Flacco comparison. That's the kid from Colorado State. Pueblo, uh, Chris Bonner, you know, six foot six, two hundred thirty pounds, Joe, and a kid here who I think could develop down the road. You talk about a developmental quarterback. I think uh, this kid has everything from what I've been told. Has been very impressive with his private visits and, and workouts. Uh, any thoughts on Chris Bonner before we wrap up? Uh, to another guy with the All Star. Well, it just that. Uh... 
one additional reason why the big board at NFL Draft Live was so great, you not only have the information, the test results, the information, the combine invite, you can also see which all-star game these guys went to, which I think is a great reference point. But that's another guy showed up. It's like, who is that kid? You know, just standing on the sidelines, much less than anything. But, yeah, pretty classic delivery, 6'6 plus, and he's the pro-style quarterback, a guy that's sneaking up those rankings. And I don't – that's that's why I wouldn't see – I wouldn't say he's overrated either because it's like that's one of those guys that's those that wonderful P word we use, the potential and projecting where Bonner's going to be from now. That's the guy I don't think you'd be surprised. Yeah, he's starting for such and such and actually led that team to X amount of wins. It wouldn't, you know, knock you over. Yeah, and, you know, when you talk about projection and potential, I mean, it never gets tossed around more than when you talk about the quarterback position because so many few players can make that immediate transition from the collegiate level to the pro game. And uh, quarterback is a lot about projection, even some of the top guys uh, that are going to get re- drafted in rounds two, three, four, and five. I mean, they're really all projections. So, uh, you know, time always goes by too fast when I'm talking to you, Joe, but it's been another uh, jams pack 45 minutes commercial free radio here on the NFL draft Bible, 19 days away. Uh, we'll, we'll have to uh, get in a couple more podcasts before the, the big uh, shindig over there in Chicago. But uh, before we wrap it up and let it go, uh, any uh, parting shots from you, Joe? Oh, no, just, Keep it keep it locked in on Twitter. Uh, 19 days. I can't believe it's April already. So, yeah, going to be cranking out at least one more mock and uh, refining this big board and attacking this defense pretty soon. Well, we do appreciate it and uh, looking forward to our defensive big board debate. All right, there you go. I just cut Joe's microphone, so I apologize there, Joe, if I cut you off. But uh, as I said, another edition down. That was Joe Everett. I am Rick Serratella. We are the NFL Draft Bible. And once again, if you want a copy of this big board that we've been debating here for the past 45 minutes, email me, ric at nfldraftbible.com. We've got about over 2,000 players ranked. You can sort through them by position. Uh, Like Joe said, you can reference what all-star game they played at. We have a a grid here with their projections, uh, who who went to the combine, who's an underclassman, who has combine numbers, who has pro day numbers. It's just a great reference tool to uh, compare and contrast, especially from the measurables standpoint and perspective. And this is something that uh, we've poured a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in over uh, the past 347 days, whatever it might be. Um, we're already – you know, grinding on the 2016 big board. So it's it's a year-long process to put this big board together. Uh, we're proud to put it out there to you, the public. And uh, once again, if you want a free copy, RIC at NFLDraftBible.com. We are 19 days away from the 2015 NFL Draft. We will be out in Chicago live on location, live streaming video from the red carpet, We'll have interviews from inside the auditorium, the Roosevelt Auditorium in Chicago. And for all my New Jersey listeners, uh, we have a draft event going on at Miami Mike Sports Bar, Route 10 East Hanover. For those of you looking, uh, where there's going to be Jersey giveaways. And uh, I think Rodney Hampton, uh, uh, 
Rodney Hampton, OJ Anderson will be in attendance, a couple other guys. So, uh, again, you can hit me up if you want more information and details there. Again, follow us on Twitter. Joe is at Joe W. Everett. At Joe W. Everett, I'm at Rick Saratella, of course. Uh, the mother brand at NFL Draft Bible. Everything we do, player interviews, uh, videos, uh, scouting reports, it just doesn't stop here at the NFL Draft Bible. Can't stop, won't stop. Till the next time, everybody. Peace out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.